I never had a plum or tuna fish Baby, no Let me try some new exciting dish Baby, no Bok choy, collard greens, pad thai So many foods I haven't tried I'm kinda scared to eat them I won't lie Welcome, welcome everybody to the very first episode of Baby Mouth. I'm Jimmy Smagula, and I am a baby mouth. You know, I grew up in a small town in New Jersey, and my mom made my younger brother and I basically the same foods every week. We would have hot dogs and meatloaf and chicken and pizza, and you know, as a 12-year-old, this is a dream. But now I'm almost 45, and I've never had a plum. I've never had a tuna fish sandwich. I've never had a hard-boiled egg. So I created this podcast in the hopes that I will be able to expand my palate. Every week, a guest is going to come on, and they're going to suggest a food for me to eat for the first time that they already love. I'm going to prepare it exactly the way they tell me to prepare it, and I'm going to give them my honest opinion about how this food tastes. We're going to talk about this food. I want to know what their connection to this food is, and I'm hoping that this podcast will help me to expand my palate, to allow me to eat in more of a variety of restaurants, and to kind of step out of my comfort zone and enjoy different kinds of foods. So I hope you'll come on this adventure with me. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a challenge for me because I am afraid to eat a lot of different foods. If you want to support the podcast, and I hope you do, I hope you're enjoying and I hope you're enjoying enough to support us a little bit. We have a Patreon page. We have a link tree on the Instagram accounts that you can click. You can go to Patreon. You can go to PayPal. You can Venmo me at Jimmy Smagula. There's many ways you can support the podcast. I appreciate it all. And you know, I couldn't be lucky to have this person as my first guest on my podcast. She is a Broadway star. She is a movie star. She is a television star. She is a mother of five. She is an activist. She is an artist. And most importantly for me, she is the woman who calmed me down on election night 2020, Rosie (laughs) O'Donnell. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Rosie, I'm just so thrilled you're here. Well, I'm so excited to do this. How did you come up with this idea for this whole podcast thing? Well, a lot of people, including you, by the way, have been bothering me for a long time about the fact that I've never eaten a lot of different kinds of foods. Well, that's true. Going out to dinner with you is a treat. You really not, I don't know what happened in your childhood. What happened? I don't know. You know, it's funny because my brother too, like he doesn't eat a lot of, we just don't, if if we haven't already been offered the food, we won't try it. And your mother was not big on offering you variety? We had a meatloaf, we had a chicken, we had a pizza. We had the same food and that's all I've ever eaten. Mm. And I'm not really, I haven't really been in the mood to try anything new for four 40 years. (laughs) 
my boyfriend, Bridger. He's sick of not being able to go to different restaurants. He loves all kinds of cuisines. And I don't really want to go with him or even try anything. I mean, I remember being with you. You know, it's so funny because I was thinking about how we became friends and how like I've been in your life for 20 years, but we've never actually been friends until like the last two. Yeah. On your show, I was in the, uh, the Rosie O'Donnell show. I was in the audience and they happened to pick me to play an audience game called Grammy Jam. Now, do you remember Grammy Jam? I do not, but I remember that you told me that you were on tour or something. And I was like, let me hear this guy sing, you know? We had just closed one of the national tours of Phantom of the Opera. And so I was unemployed and you were like, sing for me, Jimmy Spagnolia, even though that wasn't my correct name. And, you know, of course, we just instantly fell in love with each other. And then I came on two more times. Then we did the Music Man together at the Kennedy Center. And it was like, it was like being reunited with like an old friend that I had known forever. Yeah, that's what I felt with you. There are certain people that you meet and right away you think, you know, boom, I know them. I remember being a young kid and saying to my dad, there's this lady on Star Search and I love her and her name's Rosie O'Donnell. And I think it's because you talked like me. Exactly. I sounded like you. I already was connected. And what's been even more interesting is how maternal you are. Like you said to me on election night, call me as many times as you want so that you're not alone. Right. Because I know what it feels like to be freaking out and to be, you know, motherless. I know those things. Those are prominent big uh, places in my life that I've, you know, lingered and and felt scared and alone. So I get what that means. You know, that role of mother is a pretty big gig in my life. You know, it defined everything, not having one and then wanting to be one and wanting to, to be one for everyone. And I think the success of my show was really because of that ability to love people. You know, how do you work through those feelings of, well, I can't help everybody. Well, it takes a lot. It's taken years and I still have the inkling. You know, my brother said to me, he turned off my, um, the funds that were on GoFundMe. He turned off my credit card. And he's like, you know, first of all, you don't, my brother was like, you don't even know if it's fucking true, you know? And I'm like, well, that's one way to think of it. But, you know, I'm so drawn to the people's pain. And my brother Timmy's like, stop telling people you're giving the money. You give enough away. Well, don't, don't give the money away. I'm like, right. I've given every other thing away. What am I going to now start charging? Timmy, I got to have Timmy on the podcast. You, oh, my God. It would be hysterical. Well, it's interesting, too, because starting a daytime talk show, were you excited about that? Or did you think, oh, my God, like, I'll never be in another movie? I was worried that I wouldn't be good. I remember that Jeff Foxworthy was our first um, test show, practice show guest. And he was so nice and so great. But I remember the night before thinking, what if I don't have anything to say to him? Like, what's going to happen, you know? But I went in there and it fit like a glove and it was easy for me because I do think because I'm genuinely curious and I really do care that it, it that came across, you know? Yes. And you are a super fan of many people. Of many people. Yes. When we're watching the show, it's like, hey, Rosie's literally asking these celebrities and talking to them the exact same way that I would do this. Right, because I am what the people in the audience were, more of a fan. And, you know, when Madonna took me to the Oscars at Spago's one night, one one year, right before League of Their Own came out, and getting out of the car, everyone was going, Kathy, Kathy and Madonna. They thought it was Kathy Bates. And I was like, you know, walking in there, and I sat at this table next to Dennis Hopper, 
and Jackie Collins and like old Hollywood and new Hollywood and me and Madonna, but we weren't sitting right next to each other, which was bad for me. I was like in between Dennis Hopper and, you know, he was telling me stories of the ladies he banged when he was younger and, you know, and I was spent a lot of time in the kitchen. I went to go to the bathroom and I saw the kitchen was right near the, and I was like, hi, you guys, how you do good, really good food. How's it going? Like, and I was talking to the waiters. Of course you you were. Because I felt so embarrassed around Dennis Hopper and especially the fact that they thought that I was Kathy Bates. Do you remember the first Broadway show you ever saw? What was it? Clams on a Half Shell, Bette Midler, 1972. And how did you get there and everything? What happened? My brother to- went and we got TKTS. And my brother was like two or three years older than me. And so I was like 10 and he was 13. And we used to go in and see shows on, on St. Patrick's Day because that was the day my mother died. And we used to cut off out of school all the kids and go into the city and see a show or see the parade wow and so i remember seeing that i remember seeing sherlock holmes with alan seuss i don't even know what that is alan seuss was on a show called laughing and he was uh i'm uncle al the kitty's pal hello little friends hello right which when i think of it now as an adult i'm like wow he got away with that you know Um, but he was a wonderful actor in this Sherlock Holmes that I saw. And, you know, I would wait outside the stage door and I would see the actors, even the chorus guys, sweaty and putting on their scarves around their necks so they could sing at the eight o'clock show and going out to grab something to eat. And it was so exciting to me. You know, Hollywood was such an illusion. I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know what the studios were like other than pictures I saw. Like this was tangible and real right there in the middle of Times Square. You could do what I wanted to do. Was Grease your first, was the first Broadway show you ever did? Yes, it was. And so when you got that phone call, you must have been like... I called, I called my agent. I said, they're doing Grease on Broadway, and it's one of the few shows that I could possibly originate a role because I know my singing limits, and I know that I'm not going to... You know, people go to me, you should do Gypsy. In what world are you hearing me <laughs> I mean, sing Gypsy? Well, now, listen. If you re- now, I'm not saying I could teach you how to sing Gypsy, but if you practiced and you really allowed yourself to sing a different way, you could maybe do it. Well, I would, I mean, listen, it's very nice that people think that, but the reason you go to a Broadway show is to hear people like you with perfect pitch and a beautiful voice soar over the crowd and leave you with tingles and catharsis. And, you know, I mean, I don't want people to go like they did during Greece. And I'm at Greece, the show. Yeah. And uh, Rosie O'Donnell's up there. Yeah, she's not bad, but she can't really sing. And I'm like, I hear you. I'm hearing you. Oh, my God. Yeah. And wasn't it a thrill when you got that show, your Broadway opening night? Did you oh, think, yes. like, this is my dream? Like, I remember, I you know, my Broadway debut was The Full Monty. I was 24 years old. And I have a very, very specific memory standing there and looking at the, the dust glittering in the lights. It was like sparkling. I'm a guy from New Jersey. How did I get into the cool kids club? I was never in this club and I'm about to be in it. Oh, I remember crying. I couldn't, they they wanted me to give a little speech at the end of the show. And so I did opening night and thank all the parents who were there and then the parents who weren't. And I started like getting choked up and, you know, 
it was a, it was really be- a beautiful experience and it was something that I had, you know, designed for myself or imagined for myself so many times in that little bedroom in Rhonda Lane in the corner with a picture of Barbara Streisand and a picture of Bette Midler on the other wall. You know, the, those were who I wanted to be. I wanted to be those people and get to live the kind of life that I imagined they were living, you know, at this destination yes. called Hollywood and show business, which there really isn't, you know, the closest thing I ever came to what show business was what I thought it was, was Liza Minnelli's birthday parties. Oh my God. Where she's probably saying everything would be white. You had to wear white. You could only drink white wine. You every, cause they didn't want people spilling all over the white furniture. And then there would be a panel, a piano and Billy Stritch would inevitably be there and people would sing and then they'd call you up and I'd say, no, I can't, but I just love you, Liza. Liza, please sing another one. Like it was just like what I imagined show business every night, you know? Yes. Oh my God. That is not like that. No, but, but even to have that once is a dream. Yeah. it was. I've had a lot of things that hosting the Tonys and hosting the Grammys and just, I've had things happen in my career that were even bigger than my imagination. You know, I mean, the, the biggest thing was Streisand, of course, that that to act when I got that show, the first thing I said to Jeffrey, our talent coordinator, she was a beautiful Southern woman with long blonde hair. I said, you got one job, babe. Before I go off the air, you get me Barbara Streisand. <laughs> I don't care what we have to do. You get me. She's like, day one, you're telling me this? I'm like, that is my goal of doing this show, that I will get to sit down and talk to her. And you didn't see her before the interview? No, I did not. And I didn't want to because I thought it would. I was so nervous at that one. It was in the afternoon. We filmed it and we had put our um, set all a different way that she wanted it. And she was there with lighting. And, you know, it took forever. And when we finally got out there, I was like, I couldn't stop myself. It was just like this. I can't believe I willed this into happening. I remember it so clearly. I believe you were wearing a white pantsuit. Yes. And you said, for anybody out there watching, I knew I was going to do this. Dreams yeah. come true. Please welcome to the show, Barbara Streisand. <laughs> I, I couldn't even talk. I can't even really watch it now. You know, I watched it like I've seen it and somebody will have it. I'll click on it and then I have to stop. It's too, it's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, it's like so big. Everything was around my mother's love of Streisand and she handed down to me and she has delivered though, like you were saying about me, which was so sweet at the beginning, you know, she's been very kind of maternal and kind and loving. And, you know, there's a lot of ways you could have treated a kid like me who was obnoxiously obsessed with you and wouldn't stop. She didn't disappoint. And it just, it, it's such a, I mean, just such an amazing life that you have, you've been able to have. I know, I'm really lucky, Jimmy. I think it all the time, you know, I'm really lucky. And when young kids tell me, you know, what should I do? I think I want to be in entertainment, but it's so hard. I always say, well, you should quit just to see what their response is going to be. Because if you are not yeah. certain that you're going to succeed in this business, and I mean, certain, so that whenever anyone told me, oh, you were not going to make it, you're too tough, you're too much of a tomboy, you're too gay, you're too, I would think you're going to feel like an idiot when I succeed. Like, but I didn't think that as, oh, you're going to be, I really felt that. I really felt like, well, you're yes. going to feel stupid. Pretty fascinating story. It's wild. Okay. Now we're going to get into this food that you have asked me to try for the first time. And I can't believe you've never had it. Being a kid who grew up in the tri-state area. 
This was a staple of my childhood. I never had it. My mother made it many times for herself. We're gonna, I'm going to call her later and we're, I'm going to find out why I never had it from her, but I never had it. And it smells so bad to me. It's tuna fish. Yeah. Bumblebee and white water, solid white tuna in water. Yes. I had the solid white bumblebee in water, the Hellman's mayonnaise. Now on the West Coast, I didn't know Hellman's is best foods. Did That's you know right. that? Yes, I did. So I was looking for Hellman's because of course I've never even tasted mayonnaise on its own. I'm sure. I've, no, I never, I've never had like a spoonful of mayonnaise. I'm sure that I've had mayonnaise in things, but I don't yeah. know what actually like pure mayonnaise, but I'm looking for Hellman's and I'm like, oh my God, Rosie wants me to get the Hellman's. There's no Hellman's. So I'm standing in the aisle with my mask on in the grocery or Googling like is best food because I'm looking at the best foods and I'm thinking like this looks like Hellman. It looks similar, exactly. But I'm like, where the hell is the damn Hellman? So I'm Googling like is best foods Hellman's? And then yes, best foods is West Coast and then capers, which I had to ask somebody where those would be. I think I've had those on like a chicken franchise. Don't they yes, have capers exactly. with that? Okay. Yes, that's what you've had it on. Those I've had before. But I'll tell you, I made this tuna fish this morning and the smell is so horrible to me, but, but I'm going to give this my all. I want to like this food. I really do. That's why I'm doing this. I'm not doing this to go. This is disgusting. This is, I want to like this. Right. Now, we might've started with something a little easier than tuna fish with capers, but you know, cause if you hate the smell, that's a hard thing. Do you eat fish at all? I don't really just maybe like a fried shrimp. That's it. Never had a, a swordfish. No, 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 no. The one fish I had turbo. What is that? No, it's like a thick fish. It's T U R B O T turbo. Never heard of it. Not delicious. No, but I'm going to go get the tuna fish. Okay, it's just here in the fridge. It. All right. Here's the tuna fish. Looks, okay, it looks that's good. good. That's very good. Good consistency. Nice. Nice amount of mayonnaise, nice use of the capers. Good, because I didn't ask you really like the ratio, but I looked it up and my boyfriend Bridger helped me a little bit. He also videotaped me making it and opening the can and everything. So we'll probably put that on the Instagram page for Baby Mouth Podcast. But I'm going to now get the Trisket. Now you've told me to get an original Trisket. You were very, yes. very adamant. No olive oil. It cuts the, the taste of the fish really oh. nicely. Okay. And it ha helps have a different consistency than just fish. It's like crunchy. Okay. A good combination for you. All right. I'm going to reach in and get the Trisket. I'm going to do this very slowly. All right. Here's the Trisket. This look Now, I've had a Trisket. They're kind of bland, but it'll be good with this, I think. Yeah. Just a little bit on top. Let me see how much you're putting right. on. I don't want you to get overwhelmed. Oh, I'm already overwhelmed. Believe me. Are the you smell trusting? of this is not... I would oh eat that whole thing right there. If I really? Yes, that's perfect. Now you got to bite at least half the Trisket, if not the whole thing, right in your mouth. I think I'm going to eat the whole thing in. Okay, and choo, choo, choo. All right, you ready? Here, Here we go. go. Two Good luck. First time. Baby mouth. Oh my God. I hope people listen to this podcast because this is not worth it if they don't listen. All right, here we go. Mm. Okay. Now that's very fishy. It's too fishy for you. That's not, mm. but you know, it's funny because people say like, oh, it's a comfort food. Like tuna is a comfort. Mm. Can't imagine that. It's too tuna fishy. It's too fishy. Too fishy for you. 
Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that you were a not fish man at any capacity. It's not bad, though. I'm going to have another one, actually, because... Oh, good, Jimmy. The whole world is eating tuna fish. Why can't I? Let me try another one. You know, pretend we're on the beach, and I just scooped you a little and handed it to you. All right. We're in Miami, maybe, on the beach. All right. Try this. Again, when you hit that mound of tuna, it doesn't do it for you. Yeah, it's just... mm, It's not my taste. It's just too much fish. I just wonder if I don't like fish. Well, swordfish with capers? Oh, my God, Jimmy. That's delicious. Really? Swordfish is like a steaky kind of fish. It's thick. It doesn't smell as fishy as tuna. When's the first time you had tuna fish? Do you remember? Oh, boy. Before my mother died, definitely. Really? Yeah. She used to make us tuna fish sandwich on Wonder Bread, and we'd go to the beach... And then the wind would blow and the mayonnaise would get all the sand in it. So you'd be eating the mayonnaise and you'd be a crunch, crunch out of the sand from Sunken Meadow Beach. But it was a staple in my house. Yeah, you know how some people have comfort food of Kraft mac and cheese? Delicious. Yeah, I never had that as a child. So it doesn't appeal to me at all as an adult. You put the powder in with some milk. I do it for Dakota. She loves it, but it's not for me. Do you not like mac and cheese at all? No, I love like truffle mac and cheese at a nice restaurant. Yeah, delish. Delicious. I eat pretty much, I'm a good taster of things. Like I'm not afraid to try. You know, I won't try crazy like eel or anything like that. but. But you're a very simple person because like even for breakfast, like in the music band, you were having a roll with cheese. Yeah, that's such a Long Island thing. A roll with butter and one slice of cheese. Oh my God. All right. Listen, I have a email from a listener. Okay. They've written in to babymouthpodcast at gmail.com and they have a food nightmare story to share with us and then we can talk about it. Okay, great. Dear Jimmy, a few years ago, I was at a dinner party and they served chunks of pig head, actual chunks. I have a hard time with non-standard cuts of meat, but this was another level. They didn't season it either. It was just hot pieces of pig head on a plate. I gagged it down, but the memory still haunts me. What's your feeling on different cuts of meat? And what do you think the best way to get out of eating food a host prepares? Thank you, Erica from Wichita. Now, I think this is a great question for you because you go to a lot of, or you've been, I'm sure, to many dinner parties. Like, I remember on The View, you kind of made Barbara Walters mad because you were like, Barbara, I go to your house and there's nameplates on the table and it's so ritzy. And she was like, I'm not a ritzy person. And you were like- but she sure was. When Henry Kissinger is at your table in your house, you're a ritzy person. Yeah, and she had a butler in black and white uniform and a maid in a uniform. I mean, listen, it's she <laughs> was is a piece of work that Barbara Walters, but yeah, she got angry at me, I remember, but I was very surprised that she would be angry at me. That's the was the funny part of it. Normally, if I say something a little bit, I know people, but that one, it was out of the blue. I said it and she was like, Rosie. You know? It was interesting, like her, it, she thought that her image was like of the people. Yeah, And it's like, Barbara Walters, your image has never been of the people. And we like that. You know what I mean? Like, she's like American royalty, Barbara Walters. Right. Talking to world leaders and everything. Yes. Woman to do all that. Yes. Incredible. But did you ever have anything at a dinner party where you were like, oh, how am I going to eat this? Yeah. I, you know, I would not have eaten the pig's head meat. Just so you know. I totally wouldn't have eaten it. And I'm saying, I'm sorry, it's, I just can't. It's, you know, it's not my thing. And I would have rather said that and gone home and stopped it in an out burger. 
Yes. And eat something that really repulsed me like that. But, you know, trying tuna fish is not the same as a pig's head. No, no. And I am, uh, was able to try the tuna fish. I don't know that I would seek out eating that again. Like you, you had a hard time getting it down. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I like to pick things to eat that I enjoy. I don't want to eat things that are kind of okay. I want you to let me know what the first food that somebody has told you to prepare is that you like. Yes. Because I want to hear when you like something really because that will be you know really interesting to see something that you hadn't tried you didn't know you loved so much well you know something that you had me eat for the first time in miami was caviar and didn't you love it i enjoyed that very much yeah it's very delicious but you knew how to prepare it exactly right you only get the tiny black dots don't ever get the ones that look like eyeballs that are red yes so you really need somebody to like curate the experience for somebody like me like you can't just say like try caviar because i would just have just eaten that out of the can i don't know how to eat it now do you like brie cheese never had it wow but it doesn't sound like something you're into like cheesy things are not really your like blue cheese i've never eaten it but i've smelled it and it smells not good yeah yeah i love a blue cheese see i don't i don't know if i would like it i never tasted it but i should do a cheese round yeah cheese platter maybe next we'll do that we'll do come back i'll come back and i'll i'll get you i'll prepare Maybe when I'm out there doing the L word, you know, I'm going to be doing the L word in January. Yes. Excuse me. You didn't tell me this. A couple episodes over there. Yeah. So when I do that, I'll come into your house and I will do another one and I'll prepare you a little cheese plate. And we can do it outside in my backyard. So we're COVID safe. Exactly. Let's do that. Oh my God. Rosie. I'm going to let you go because you've been so generous with your time. I don't want to keep you here anymore. Thank you, honey. Thank you very much. I love you so much. And I'm sorry you're a baby mouth. I love you too. And now everybody, we're going to call my mom Lois because I think she's pretty much the reason why I have such a limited taste. And I want to know if she enjoys tuna fish. I pretty much already know that she does because I remember smelling it as a child. But why didn't she ever offer me tuna fish? I want to get her opinions on a lot of different things. So here comes my mother. Yay, it worked. Yay. Oh my God. I wonder what happened. We couldn't get together on the audio there. I have no idea, but it's fine now. Did you push all the right buttons? I think I did. What do you have to push? <laughs> join, <laughs> then join with the video, join the audio. Oh boy. Well, good. You joined it all. Your hair looks very nice. Now, did you just have a haircut? Yeah, I did. I went to someone, someone new. And how is that? Are you wearing a mask or a shield or what are you doing? Oh, oh, they don't let you in. You have to knock at the door and then they take your temperature and then you can go in and then they um, sanitize your hands. You have to fill out a form and then I got my hair cut. What kind of mask do you wear? A re- you know, a regular mask. So cloth I mean, one. Oh, it's cloth. Where did you get it? Well, Mike, Michael ordered me some and then, um, oh, uh, Aunt Rhody's, uh, boyfriend's daughter's friend was making them. So oh, I bought one. Boy. I bought wow. one from her, good. but they're cloth and they're good. Well, I had my first podcast today uh-huh. with Rosie O'Donnell uh-huh. and I ate tuna fish. How did you like it? Well, here's the thing. When I opened the can, it smells really bad. And I remember this smell because I know you eat tuna fish. I love tuna fish. Now, how do you make it? 
Um, well, I only like chicken of the sea, solid white, in water. Yes. That's the only kind I buy. And then you put it in a bowl and you, uh, I get a fork and like shred it because it's like stuck together. And then you put, uh, I don't put salt. I put pepper and then I put, uh, uh, you dice up onions and then I do Spanish olives. I diced them up. They're the green olives with the little red pimento in them. And it gives it different taste. And you put that in and then you put the mayonnaise and I could eat it every day. <laughs> I've never had an olive, mom. You never had an olive. No. Well, that's you. You never liked anything. And I never forced you to eat it if you didn't like it. But do you think you offered it and said, just try this or no? Yes, I could. Yes, because I do that to Kieran and Violet all the time. And they go, ugh, just like you did. It's so odd. Because like, even with Rosie, she was saying like, have you ever had brie cheese? And I said, no. Yeah. Well, I've had it, but I didn't keep it in my house, yeah. but I, I've had it out. When's the first time you think you had a tuna fish sandwich? Can you remember it? Did you have it as a oh, kid? I, yes, I, yes, I think in grammar school. And who would make it for you? Grandma. Your mother. Yeah, we'd have it for lunch. You could put lettuce in it too, but I, I don't because I put the Spanish olives. Some people put lettuce in it. I mean, put a lot of things in it, really. Well, I looked at a lot of recipes. Like you could put lemon. People put... Uh, lemon, yes. Yeah, a lot of different, but it wasn't for me. It's too fishy. I don't know. I don't even smell mine when I open the can. <laughs> I wish you were sitting up more. I am sitting up. Oh, it looks like you're, <laughs> it looks like you're laying flat down for my <laughs> podcast. Not. Thank I'm you not. for your energy. No, I'm not. Please feel free to relax. Lie down on your back. I'm, I'm sitting the, straight up. Do the minimum effort, really. I don't want you to hurt yourself being on my I'm podcast not, for five minutes. But I'm sitting straight up. Doesn't look like it. You got to work on your phone angles, maybe. I don't know. Now, what are you going to eat for dinner tonight? Oh, we're having pizza. Oh, yeah. It's Friday, of course. It's Friday. Pizza. That's yes. the only day mama doesn't cook. <laughs> Why do you think you still have a pizza every single Friday? You don't eat meat on Friday. Why? We have we had meat tonight. We had we had half with sausage on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why do you think you still have pizza every single Friday? Every Friday since the, probably before. Well, once in a while we don't. Once in a while we'll have something else. But I don't know. It's just, I guess, that's the way we're brought up. And that's the way daddy was brought up. So, and I love it because I don't have to cook a meal. And where do you get your pizza from? Well, we get either Bruno's or Gencarelli's. Oh, all right. Because at one point you told me you were going to Pizza Hut. And that was like the... No, we don't go. We don't like their pizza. I don't like it. It tastes just like bread, fried bread. I thought you told me daddy was going there, that he wanted Pizza Hut. Maybe to pick it up for Risa because she likes it, but we don't like it that much. I mean, we've had it. You think Bruno's is better than Gencarelli's or no? Um, I don't know. When we go to Bruno's, we get the Sicilian pie, which is mm. the thick one. But sometimes they put it's too much sauce on it. But Giancarelli's makes a good pie. They say a good pizza, you know, the cheese should go all the way to the crust. Right. Well, that doesn't happen here. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen at Bruno's? Or the other place. No. <laughs> 
I know. I remember going to Bruno's when I was a kid. It's still there. It's still there and it does good business. Was it around when you were a kid? No. No, I don't think. I don't know what was there. No. You don't remember any pizza places when you were a kid? When I was little? Well, like when you were in high school, did you go oh. for a slice with people to a pizzeria or no? No, we, no. It was a long time ago. Yeah, I can't even remember back then. <laughs> yeah, before before pizza was invented. Now, there was pizza places, but I, we never went with our friends for it. All right. Well, what are you going to do tonight? you have any shows on Fridays to watch? Well, I watch my two soap operas, The Young and Restless and General Hospital, because wow. I take them. You might be the only viewer left of those programs. I don't know that I people know. watch those anymore. And then I, wa- I usually watch um, Home and Gardens, HGTV, House Hunters, or whatever. Flip it or le- what is it? Flip, it or- flip or flop. Flip or flop. Now they have a whole pile. And I've been watching that living Alaska. That's really something. People are moving to Alaska and they buy these big log cabin homes. And I could never live there. <laughs> Forget it. No, I know. I don't think you're leaving Lynnhurst anytime soon. Mom, have a wonderful night. You too, son. It's Take nice care. to see your hair really looks good. Okay, stay safe. The Baby Mouth theme song is performed by me and was written by me and Jesse Vargas. Jesse also orchestrated, recorded, and mixed the song. The Baby Mouth artwork was created by Tim Quartier. You can follow the Baby Mouth podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Baby Mouth Pod. Tell me about your own personal food nightmare. Have you ever been forced to eat something horrible at a fancy party or on a first date? Is there a food you're afraid to try? I want to know all about your scary food experiences. Email me at babymouthpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to listen and subscribe to Baby Mouth wherever you get your podcasts. And please, don't forget to leave a review. Baby, 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 baby